This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Court, now is a good time. You know, we're all looking outside at a lot of color. Now is a good time to go to Zupan's and take advantage of their two-for-one hanging baskets. That's a really good value. And, of course, everything at Zupan's floral department is beautiful. And so um, I was actually there on Monday, and I saw that was... Somewhere I saw that was going on, drove away and thought, oh my God, I missed that. I'm, I'm bummed, but I didn't because it's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which would start on the 20th and That's go right. through the 22nd. You know, Chris, some people say that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I think the, the two-for-one hanging basket at Zupan's is the best. Uh, you do need a coupon, so you can either get it via your news feed, uh, which you need to sign up for, or just go to Zupan's.com. You can get the, the coupon right up there at the top. So make make your house look more springy with a uh, hanging basket out front. Also, while you're there, stop in. This is, uh, again, one of the wonderful times of the year. California cherries are in season. It's the first of the season cherry that have come from California and they have some of the biggest in town. I love cherries. In fact, my wife, uh, you, you may know people who do this too, Chris. They take the cherries, they put them in the freezer, they get them for whatever reason, they like them hard and uh, eat them that way. But f- whether fresh or frozen, they're delicious. Yeah, now all of a sudden, all the, the beautiful, f- some of the beautiful fruit and produce is starting to show up at Zupan's produce department. So that is great. But if you want to match that with some, some uh, protein, they've got a wonderful sausage of the month, chorizo verde. And so they all, there are also featured recipes for that at Zupan's.com as well. So, um, that is a nice springy thing to do. I think uh, celebrate the best sausages. And bo- boy, they have a lot more than just that sausage of the month. If you've never seen Zupan Sausage Department, it's incredible. It certainly is. And one of the things we love uh, most about Zupans is their local sourcing. And we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. You need to try this. And the easiest way to do it is Nico's ice cream at your local Zupans, handcrafted in Northeast Portland. This is the New Zealand style ice cream, uh, which, you know, speaking of fruit, features Willamette Valley fruit mixed into this vanilla ice cream. It's a soft serve like ice cream treat that you can get at your local Zupans. Right, and if you want to do a deeper dive, go back in our archives and we interview Nico. Um, and I believe that's, that interview is how Nico's became uh, something that Zupans is stocking now and offering to their customers. So we love to hear that. That's great. Certainly so. Three locations to serve you, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. And information always found where, Chris? Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm Court Johnson. Hello, Court. Listen, I'm happy to be back in front of a mic for the first time in about a month, other than uh, I think we recorded an intro, but an actual interview. And I have to uh, say thank you and commend you for the, uh, the two interviews I've heard that you did while I was away. And... Uh, with Cassidy Quinn, who, you know, we used to enjoy on KGW, and now she's got her own thing going. And, right. and uh, our interview with your interview with Bill Oakley, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And I'm listening to it, wanting to chime in quite often when you're talking about 
Arby's and some other things as well. Yeah, I got things to say about that. We don't get to talk about Arby's too much on the podcast. No, and that was, you know, that was really one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to talk with Bill because he's become known as this, you know, influencer, fast food influencer, because he he addresses these places that people frequent fairly often. I guess that's the point of being frequent. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of times people don't talk about those places, but it was a a great conversation with Bill. That was an interesting conversation. And, uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, it's back to it's nice to be back. Uh, springtime got a nice view out the window in my office. I see sunshine. So and also new discoveries here. Uh, we we ventured down into the Salem market for an interview with uh, Jonathan Jones uh, not long ago, who was nominated for a James Beard Award at his restaurant, and now. Uh, I found myself down in Salem at, uh, Cozy Taberna, which is a great little spot. And, um, uh, I've, you know, Mr. John Gorham has taken part in that. And what is pretty awesome about it is, uh, we sat down for dinner the other night look at the menu and I said, holy shit, this is the Toro Bravo menu. And I talked to Rex, who's the owner there, or or the partner, one of the partners there, and asked him, how did this menu go down? Did you ask John to consult um, early on, and you were looking at menu items, and then at some point said, fuck it, let's just do the whole thing, and... He kind of nodded to that. So here we are. People, you know, Toro Bravo was definitely one of the most popular restaurants in Portland. It's no longer open, as are none of other uh, the restaurants of the Toro Bravo group. They're all uh, either under new ownership or closed. And John Gorham and Renee are down in Bend, Oregon, about to open their new place, RBC. And uh, along the way... Um, I guess Rex, who's a very interesting guy, we're going to talk about that in a second, asked John if he would consult, or he was introduced to him, and Ryan McGarrian as well in the bar. And, uh, I, you know, the way I see it, and it could be different, but John may have said, hey, I'm not cooking this food anymore. They're my recipes. This would be pretty awesome to be at least, a, you know, to, to do something new here. And there you go. There's Toro Bravo in Salem, Oregon, under the name Cozy Taberna. Of course, it's very different in terms of the front of the house and, and the look of the restaurant, although it's nice. It's very nice. There's... there's um, uh, counter seating, much like John's restaurants. And uh, I have to say, the preparation of those dishes, the lamb chops, the asparagus that we had, and everything else that we ordered was absolutely spot on. So I thought, this is pretty cool. If people, First of all, the people in Salem are loving it. They're three months in, and the place is packed. So that, there's, that's not surprising in and of itself. But I thought if people in Portland knew, hey, you could get that food we used to have to wait online for in Portland, and instead of waiting online, you just drive the 35 minutes down to Salem or 40 minutes, you can make a reservation and uh, pop back. That was my thought, and I was very excited by it, and I really enjoyed it. So is that too much talking, Court? 
No, I, I don't think so. You know, it, it, it's it's interesting because we've been seeing this this movement for the past couple of years is some of the, the great uh, food and some of the great restaurant owners that had locations in downtown Portland have now been moving out either to the, bur- to the Burbs or in this case, that food has moved a little further out down into Salem. And it, it, it's a trend um, that maybe is a commentary on some of the things that's happening in, in downtown Portland. But um, yeah, I, I, I loved what you said there, Chris, is that, you know, the 35 minutes you would spend standing in line is just, you know, just driving down I-5. Yeah, and it's an easy drive. And, and the restaurant is in, a, as we talk about in this uh, interview, is in an alleyway. And at first, uh, Rex thought might, that might not be a positive, but he's learned that is a huge positive for the vibe of the restaurant and uh, for, you know, parking. There's parking nearby. And uh, it's pretty cool. So the Salem scene is becoming something. And I think you're right. It's um, as a result of some of the things going on in Portland over the last few years, people are looking for different spots and realize, you know, I, for one, having lived in Southwest and out on the coast for a while, I was always harping about why is everything in Southeast Portland and Northeast Portland? Why aren't they opening things out North uh, Southwest? And even in the long ago, when I lived in Lake Oswego, we didn't have any chefs that were looking at Lake Oswego and now they are. And now we're going even further down to Salem. Now, John is not the chef there. He was a consultant. They have a wonderful chef by the name of Brittany. And uh, she's do- I watched her just do an incredible job. So this is not, you know, this is, this is John's got a piece of it. His menu is there. Uh, I'm sure he's sh- making sure the quality control is there if his name is associated with the restaurant. But, um, but it's pretty cool. I, I'm excited by it. And, you know, Rex, uh, we talk about his background in food. And you would probably find this interesting based on your conversation with Bill Oakley. His father owned a couple of A&W franchises in um, or restaurants in Salem, which were the numbers one and three A&W restaurants in the country back in the 70s when he owned them. Oh, wow. And this is where Rex grew up around that. And what I'll talk about it in the episode, but um, a little bit of a teaser. He started talking about how those a and I asked him why they were so successful in terms of A&W restaurants. And Rex said because his father knew that if he created kind of a fun party atmosphere at the A&W's, that they would do really well. Well, this is one of the first things when I talked to uh, John Gorham about the success of his restaurants, right off the bat, he said, we want to party here every night. And that's why most of most all of his restaurants felt like parties because <laughs> they were packed and people were having a good time. And so this, the merging of the two, Rex talks about John uh, reminding him of his father. Uh, so the merging of those two, uh, mindsets, um, is really interesting. And so I, you know, I found the whole interview fun. Rex is going to recommend a few places in Salem. If you're ever down there, not only other restaurants that he likes, uh, one of which, uh, my girlfriend Renee and I have kind of frequented when I go down there, uh, which is Christo's but you can listen for the others, but also things to do in Salem. If you want to do a day trip down there, hang out, go to some parks, some nice places, and then go to dinner at Cozy Taberna. 
I thought that was a, a you know a nice little thing because um, that's a good day trip, man. It really is, and it's an easy one too. Nice. Now we should point out, Chris, you, you had said that uh, there might be some times where uh, the audio quality might be a little sketch. Yes, I think he uh, Rex was visiting his parents uh, down in the Palm Springs area, and I know he was downstairs. And the one thing I could see his his video was a little spotty, and then once in a while his audio becomes spotty. And just to refresh anybody's memory or. or update anyone who hasn't been listening to the podcast for very long there was a while on this podcast where i would send out a memo to our guests a pre-podcast memo and say we don't allow the word amazing on the podcast and that was because so many people were just threw that word around all the time i mean i started noticing 20 30 times the word amazing was used in a podcast and i kind of feel like hey that's lazy because everything isn't amazing. I know Louis C.K. did a, a routine about that once, and I, I felt that before I'd even seen the routine. So you and I used to do a thing on the third use of the word amazing. We would stop the podcast, and uh, we kind of stopped doing that. We start, stopped drawing attention to it. But if you listen to this interview, you'll see why I brought it to Rex's attention. And what happens afterwards is kind of interesting. The audio decided that when he said amazing, that's when it was going to cut out a little <laughs> bit. So, um, so bear with this. Uh, I would have stopped the interview if there were whole sentences missing, but every once in a while there's a little word that's a little cut off, but you do not miss the essence of what he's saying at all. And uh, I really enjoyed the interview. It was really fun to talk about his food background and how he got to Cozy Taberna. I'll also mention that they have a... Uh, uh, a great, very popular sandwich business in Salem called Little Lois, which is named after his wife, which I just found out. And um, so that's, they built that over the past few years and built that into something very big in the area. And so Cozy Taberna is the, is the next step for them in the food world. Uh, Rex and his wife, and they have some partners there as well beyond uh, the Gorums. And so... Um, uh, it's, it's a cool thing to know about, you know, the, the food landscape has changed a little bit in the last couple of years. And I think this is one of the positive things that I've learned. There's a lot of things out there. We can only know so much. And this is something I've learned and certainly want to share it with our audience. And then the other thing to look out for, for those who, and there are many, <laughs> there are many thousands of people who enjoyed meals, uh, at, uh, the Toro Bravo group restaurants over the years. Uh, it looks like the grand opening of Ranch. I'm sure, I hope I have that right. Ranch Butcher Chef. I always have a little difficult which words get ERs at the end of that and that, but I'll get used to it. That is happening in Bend, and uh, that's a partnership between um, uh, a ranch rancher that John met down there, I believe, John and Renee Gorham and our friend Garrett Peck, who used to run the front of the house at Vitaly Paley's uh, hotel restaurants and the Heathman before that. And I always said Garrett was the guy to know in Portland if you're going to be dining out a lot. If you know him, um, that's a good thing. And so he's down in 
that neck of the woods with them now. And so this is the this is the 2022 landscape of the people that we knew so well in Portland uh, changed a bit. So look look out for that. I would go to their website and uh, check out when that restaurant's going to open in Bend. That's a good weekend trip as well to make that a destination as well. So. Uh, Public service by Right at the Fork to give people some uh, summer thoughts on where to go. One of them would be Cozy Taberna. And this is Rex Robertson, uh, the owner of that establishment. And uh, my pleasure to interview him. I hope everybody enjoys. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. Go to PortlandFoodAdventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angeles leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. PortlandFoodAdventures.com Right, we got Rex here with a smile. I was looking at a just a black screen a moment ago, and now I've got a guy who's even balder than I am. Well, I appreciate that. You know, uh, bald <laughs> guys are beautiful. They are, and we get a we get a we get a bad rap, I think. So, um, uh, it's good to have you here. I really appreciate it, and especially after. Uh, getting the opportunity to experience Cozy Taberna the other night. I loved it. And I have a few things that I want to say about it that you may, you'll probably agree with, but uh, really excited about your, your restaurant down there. And I will just say this right up front. I probably would have said this in the intro that we haven't cut yet, but this is, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is an opportunity yeah. for all those people who miss Toro Bravo to just go to Toro Bravo because your menu is very similar. It's executed wonderfully. And not only that, you, you couldn't make a reservation per se at Toro Bravo, and you can make a reservation at, at Cozy Taberna and, and enjoy it. It's a big restaurant. There's different areas of the restaurant you can enjoy. So anyway, thank you, Rex, for having us down there. And... Um, for coming on today you're 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 doing this really remotely from california right now yes yes uh visiting my folks down here in la quinta 
and uh, enjoying uh, taking a little break and talking to you. Well, I hope that you feel that way in the, uh, an hour from now. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. We got a lot of good things to talk about. So you mentioned La Quinta. Where did you? Is that where you're from? Are your parents did they relocate down there? Where did you grow up? Uh, actually, I grew up in Salem, uh, and uh, my entire uh, uh, childhood was in Salem. But uh, my parents do also live down here. They have a, uh, a snowbird home down here that has developed into uh, a little bit more and more each year. So, so that's, is that, that's your home away from home? When I lived in Connecticut, my parents lived in Savannah, and that was, my, that was a nice home away from home. I would imagine La Quinta. Where is exactly where is that? I don't know offhand. I'm trying to locate where on the California spectrum that is. Uh, it's, it's, it's right by Palm Springs. You know, it's one of the suburbs of Palm oh, Springs. Oh, yes. Now I remember. Yes, I've been, I haven't been to Palm Springs in years, but yes, that would be it. So yeah, how, what's the temperature down there? Because it sucks up here today. I think we're at 101 today. Oh, I'd rather have what we have here, honestly. And how I do you, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a child of Salem, how do you feel about 101 degree temperatures? Oh, uh, absolutely love the heat. Love the hot weather. I could take it year round. Really? All right, so we'll see how much longer you're going to be in Salem if you if that as you get you know, <laughs> on in years, you might find your way down there. All right, listen, let's talk about uh, Cozy Taberna, and it's not your only venture too. You also have a very well known sandwich business um, down there. We can talk about that called Little Lois, and uh, oh, that's interesting because I was down there with my girlfriend Renee the other day and she's very familiar with little Lois has had your those sandwiches in her office and that happens to be I don't think she mentioned it Lois is her mother's name so uh, how did you come up with little Lois where did that come from uh, my wife is little Lois oh she and she is little yep and uh, okay she's little she's uh, she's about five foot one and uh She's the <laughs> sweetest, most uh, welcoming hospitality queen you would ever in your life meet. Uh, everybody loves Little Lois. And uh, if I was ever going to brand a restaurant after the most amazing person in the world, I couldn't name it any better than Little Lois Cafe. Oh my God! You just scored some major points. With you know, that's we've had a we have at least a million people listening to this podcast. So that's that's a million points you just scored. <laughs> well, it's all it's all the truth. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. So you you cut your teeth in the business with Little Lois, and you became, as far as I know, uh, well enough known to basically you're doing a delivery sandwich delivery business in Salem. Um, how did that How did that evolve? And then I want to talk about how that evolved to your interest in opening a really large restaurant down there, and then. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about Cozy Taberna, but let's cover Little Lois first. I'm curious about that because we all love sandwiches, and you know, Portland has some pretty nice sandwich shops as well. Um, so uh, let's talk about how you got well, into the sandwich then, business. 
Yeah, you bet. Back in 2013, my wife and I were looking kind of for our next adventure together. And uh, we had come off uh, the sale of a, of a facility actually in Hawaii, uh, which is a, maybe a little bit longer story. But uh, we um, were trying to figure out exactly which direction we wanted to go. And I happened to see this little cafe for sale in Craigslist that has been around Salem for uh, 40 years called Trudel's Deli. And uh, my wife came back from a walk and I showed that to her and she said, that's perfect. Let's buy it. And uh, so we actually bought it the next day and uh, we operated that for about three months and then we rebranded it uh, to Little Lois Cafe after getting to know all the dining room customers and all the delivery customers. And uh, we rebranded a Little Lois Cafe to just um, take it to the next level and kind of introduce Salem to uh, Trudel's Deli's amazing desserts and deli salads and traditional classic sandwiches. And uh, since 2013, uh, we've grown that business to be um, fantastically successful in Salem. Salem uh, has really adopted us as the kind of the premier bag lunch business. Um, Which, by the a, way, during COVID was not a bad place to be. And if you're going to be in exactly the hospitality right. business. Exactly right. We're, uh, we're delivering a ton of lunches every single day throughout Salem, predominantly to businesses and medical and governmental and agencies uh, because of our group ordering system makes it easy for groups to order and uh, people are eating that up. So what's, what's a good sandwich day, number of sandwiches that you're delivering in a particular day? Uh, we're delivering over 500 a day of uh, Little Lois bag lunches right. uh, around uh, the Salem area and some outlying areas. Um, you know, that uh, ranges, uh, but uh, our we, we have big days up in the 7800 uh, but uh, probably more average in the in the 4 to 500 a day so wow. it's uh, putting putting out some lunches what's your claim to fame over there what's your favorite sandwich or what what are people i mean is this a traditional like jewish deli or what, that you where you started out <laughs> well, what do you, what it do you is, make uh, Classic sandwiches that you grew up with, uh, combined with, uh, you know, e you know, even a basic turkey sandwich or a, you know, our our famous gobbler sandwich, which is you know turkey and cranberry and cream cheese, uh, but it's on standard bread. You know, it's really classic sandwiches with with good um, quality, super high quality from Wheat Montana, uh, um, amazing um, classic style bread. And uh, but we do offer uh, huge salads and wraps and other other things. But uh, Little Lois's uh, probably claim to fame is you know thirteen different deli salads, uh, ten different desserts uh, to choose from, and uh, so people can really craft together the exact bag lunch that they want to have. And it's very easy for each individual person on a group order to order. And so that everybody gets to choose their own stuff. Good. Well, that's that's usually the um, 
Oh, how do we put it? The guy in the uh, the person in the office that has to go get the sandwiches. There's a there's a lot of scenes in movies and TV shows where they come back with the wrong order, and uh, that's not a fun thing. So, um, the the easier you make it to to come out with everything everybody wants, the better. So, um, so yeah, like I, I'm a rye bread guy. Do you have rye bread, or you're talking about classic bread? I don't oh, yeah, know what you really. We have, a, we have amazing marble rye. Oh, good. That's good to hear. So, so listen, you've had that business for a few years. You got it up and running. It's, it's, it's running like a top. You've got some partners in there as well, I understand. And then what caused you to decide to open Cozy Taberna? I want to get the um, so kind of the genesis, what caused you, and, and then how you hooked up with our, our friend John Gorham and how that's gone too. You betcha. So in 2020, I was brainstorming with uh, somebody I really respect, uh, Michael Schinner. And uh, he and I joined up together in 2020 to, um, one, operate Little Lois Cafe and advance the mission there of expanding what we're doing there. And to also build a significant restaurant in Salem area and then take it from there, meaning um, see how a, a development strategy would happen to um, uh, develop both of those brands in other areas. But right now we're, we have uh, uh, continued to work on Little Lois Cafe. We have the Cozy Taberna uh, together. Um, so in that mission of trying to uh, figure out how to um, create uh, a significant restaurant in, state, in Salem, I, I knew that I wanted to have a significant bar business. So I uh, did a little research on bar consultants uh, because I don't have a background in a significant bar business. And so I ended up connecting with Ryan McGarrian, um, and, uh, those of you that don't know Ryan McGarrian, one of his claims to fame and besides being an incredible bar, um, uh, consultant and, uh, bartender himself, uh, also created aviation gin that has grown to be an amazing brand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway, Ryan and I connected and, uh, I was talking about the restaurant that I wanted to build and the style and. And um, long story short, uh, he connected me to John Gorham, and uh, we met together, and uh, uh, really from the first uh, dinner that I sat down with John Gorham, I uh, knew that I wanted to do business with him, because he is um, my style of an operator. Uh, he's passionate about food. He loves the restaurant world. He loves um, serving people amazing, high-quality food. And, uh, and just as an individual, he's grown to be one of my favorite people. Uh, he's an incredible communicator. Uh, he has ability to um, uh, come across extremely friendly and informative and uh, helpful and instructive. 
uh, whether it be via email, phone call, in person, uh, you know, seeing him not only work with me, but work with my staff. And uh, we together have, have joined up to hire, um, you know, an amazing team at the Cozy Taberna. And uh, seeing him work with that staff is uh, a work of art. The guy is the guy is a legend in my mind. So wow, I can't say much more because I have lots of you know I I really respect the man. I know he's gone through you know a couple of tough years uh, now down in Bend, but I can imagine that when he had the opportunity uh, to. Teach your teach some new people what he'd been doing at his other restaurants. Similar food, I'll say similar, but you know, let's face it. Some of those dishes were exactly as I remember them at, at Tasty and Alder, and also at uh, specifically at Toro Bravo. The menu, just like when I first looked at it, I thought, "Oh, this is Toro Bravo here in Salem." Um, pretty exciting yes. thing because uh, to know, but I can't. I can only imagine how excited he was to get back to that exact that food and teach some new people and start cooking it again. Because what he's doing down in Bend at Rancher Butcher Chef Ranch Butcher Chef is not what he's doing with you at Cozy Taberna. So I would imagine he was really excited about that. And when that guy yeah. gets excited about something, it's magic happens. And so um, I can I can tell I can just tell you how wonderful it was to sit down, look at that menu and order the food that we missed so much. We can't get it now. And you know, in my mind, if people knew, hey, you missed that place. All you got to do is jump down to Salem. It's not a long drive. What is it? 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes from Portland max. Uh, there's, there's easy parking in downtown Salem. Oh, most of the time. We once had a real problem finding a parking spot on a Saturday night. Um, but if people knew that, uh, you know, here's the other thing. You're already, you're already doing good business. We went on a Sunday night and you were cooking. So, uh, and, and I don't mean figuratively. You you had a lot of people in the door, and reservations were either early or late. It was, and we made it a, you know five days in advance. So that's good to know. It's it's popular. What so what is what caused you to think that Salem could support a relatively sophisticated menu? I mean, compared to Little Lois, right? Were you talking about classic sandwiches that most anybody would be familiar with? That's not necessarily the case with the menu that you have at, at your big restaurant. Um, and in Salem, you know, I've been, spent a few t couple of years coming to and from Salem. There isn't a beefy food scene down there. Um, but now mm -hmm. there, it's starting to be. I mean, we, we had uh, Jonathan, who was nominated for a Beard Award from Epilogue on the podcast a few months ago. And we... Because of that, we started going out in different places in Salem and realizing, wow, there's more than this one little Mexican restaurant that we've been going to for the last few years. Um, so what caused you to know that um, it would be a hit with, with Salem people? Are they different than you, – you don't know necessarily or John would know if they're different than Portland people. Well, that's a – you know, that's a big question right there. Uh, all I can say is uh, I, I do believe I have a little bit of a, um experience and uh, insight into Salem, having 
having been here uh, the majority of my life, the um, I grew up here uh, working in my dad's A&Ws when I was young, and then um, after that, uh, when I was in high school, I went to work at some fine dining restaurants. Back in the 80s, there was the Night Deposit, uh, which was a significant uh, fine dining restaurant in downtown Salem. And then I proceeded to work as a uh, fantastic busboy, I must say, at the, be- the Inodorted Heights. The best Heights. ever. The best ever. The, the bu- best ever. The whole bus industry is, <laughs> is lacking now because you're not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I went to work for uh, Hans D'Alessio in high school, and uh, he was uh, owner, operator, chef extraordinaire at the Inner Orchard Heights. And, uh, and that was a significant restaurant in the, in the whole valley, really. And uh, cutting edge uh, as far as the, the menu goes with dill pickle soup and sauerkraut soup and um, stuffed filet of sole. And uh, it was there, it was in that restaurant that I, I fell in love with that style and, uh, and pace of a dining experience that um, really stuck with me over the, over the last 40 years of uh, wanting to get back to, you know, building a restaurant that could provide that level of service, that level of food experience. And uh, I, I'm just elated to be a part of the Cozy Taberna uh, with an amazing partner, an amazing team, both back of house and front of house. We have amazing, amazing team. So blessed. Right, just for uh, the people who, who are regulars on the podcast, we used to have a rule that you couldn't use the word amazing on this podcast. And you're just put you're just you're <laughs> you're actually taping them together one after the other. So I just had to call your attention to that. So try. Try to come up with another one, but that's okay. Uh, it is amazing. But we've, we found that people use that word like a hundred times during the podcast. So uh, I, th- I wanted to challenge everybody. We actually, for, I love it. for about a year or two on the third Amazing, we stopped the podcast. It was over. So uh, it was I love a fun it. thing. To I do. love it. You need to put, so, need let to me put ask, that in so, your little let me ask you this. before people... We did. We used to do that. I used to send this long preamble to everybody, and we're doing less and less of that now. But uh, I just, you know, there came a time when we wanted to stop highlighting it. But because you, you, you taped together about seven of those in succession, yes. I, thought I'd, I thought I'd bring it up. But I so what it. I want to ask you is, so your, your father ran A&W restaurants. That's very cool to actually be a kid and have your father do that and be able to go in and drink root beers, man, and some of the some great burgers along the way. What was your experience in did 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 your parents take you out to eat a lot when you were a kid? Did you have that experience ingrained yes. in you when you were a child? Yes, I did. We uh, I've got two experiences when I was really young that I feel stuck in my brain. Uh, we had a restaurant uh, in Salem here um, called the the Prime Rib, and uh, we um, I was fortunate enough to to go there with my parents one night and realized that Prime Rib was my future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that restaurant, 
Uh, and uh, I remember that my parents always refer back to that. That's kind of what the transition of when I uh, became uh, fascinated with fantastic restaurants. Like oh, that nice. word, fantastic. Yeah, see, that that's good. And so did you have, when, as you were growing up, did you have, was that it? Is that what you knew you wanted to do? Or did you have any other interests that you never pursued? I, uh, right out of college, uh, moved back to Salem because I was down in the L.A. area for college. And uh, I moved back to Salem, and my dad and I were building the Figaro's pizza chain. Uh, and uh, I joined up with him uh, to build that chain to 75 stores in six states. Wow. Uh, we, sold, we sold the chain, a franchise chain, in uh, 1996 with 75 stores in that uh figaro, that figaro, time figaro. it was super successful yeah figaro's yeah. pizza it has uh um not done so well since but uh you know pizza business is a tough business but uh you know i i always um gravitate back to food and i think and back to restaurants and i i think it's mostly because Growing up in the A and W restaurants, and I and I want to say that, you know, my dad is a superhero when it comes to um, operating restaurants. He is a legend in his time. Uh, back in the day, A and W was bigger than McDonald's. It was over twenty five hundred in the nation, and uh, my dad That's built way back though, right? Uh, sold his log to the seventies. Yeah. I'm so yeah, seventies. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed. You said he sold something. You you've blocked out there for a second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. He, my dad sold his log truck. Uh, my mom and dad graduated from Sweet Home High, and he sold his log truck and moved to Salem to build to uh, purchase the A and W on Twelfth and State. And I was a, a young boy at the time, and so growing up in that. Uh, little shack of an A&W and then he remodeled that and rebuilt it and then built a new one on on Lancaster and again there was 2500 in the nation and our one on Lancaster was number 1 in the nation and our one in downtown Salem was number 3 in the nation so these restaurants were the were the place everybody came it was the party central it was uh incredibly busy and so that's what ingrained in me uh, a love for the restaurant business because that's where the action is. That's where the party is. That's where people come to have fun and and connect with other people. Uh, and that's why I always uh, find myself gravitating back to the restaurant business, even if I I uh, have other thoughts. Well, it's interesting. I, I want to go. I, I I like being at the A and W in the seventies. I want to talk a little bit more about that and how that became number one and number three in the country. But before I forget, because I forget really quickly, it's interesting that you talk about the fact that what attracted you was that this is where the party was and that this is where it was happening. Because when I first got to know Mr. Gorham, he told me that the theme of what they did with regard to hospitality is they wanted a party in their restaurant every single night. And that was the goal. And that was the, that was the 
thread that ran through everything, even beyond the cooking. If there was a party, and by the way, you can't have a party going on unless there's great food. If the food sucks and the service sucks, you don't have a party. It's the atmosphere that you create with all that around it. So it it uh, it makes an impression on me, or it it's obvious that you said that, and you hooked up with the guy who really put his mark on the city of Portland with that frame of mind. Absolutely. Uh, you know, my dad... Um, and John Gorham are cut from the same cloth. Uh, I can tell you that. Uh, they uh, they um, love have they uh, met to do everything. They- oh yeah, definitely have met. Oh, okay. They uh, uh, our environment at uh, the A and W in growing you know growing up in those years, uh, you know, really started with. Uh, hiring amazing staff that that um, service customers in the right way, that smiled, that cared, and uh, and that represented the brand. And uh, I can remember that very clearly. And him teaching people every little thing, every little procedure. And you know, when we delivered, I, I remember specifically when he. He would train the staff that when we take our big hot fudge sundae in this big, this big uh, parfait bowl out to the dining room, you take the long way to the table so that everybody in the whole dining room sees that thing and everybody starts ordering it. And it, it's all those little things adding up creates this party atmosphere. And, uh, well, that I saw the other night you were, you were bringing the salmon, you were bringing the salmon and the steak right by us. And nowadays they're Instagram opportunities too. So, uh, but you can only take exactly. so long with somebody else's dish when it's on its way to their table to uh, stop by. And but you know maybe maybe that's an idea. Is you just have one that isn't necessarily on its way to a table. But you just bring yes. it around and show it to everybody. Just so you know, you're ordering your appetizers right now. Here's what you could be having. So if someone is not sitting at the counter like we were, there's an opportunity. You don't yes. want to listen to me for restaurant advice. I just thought it's kind of fun <laughs> to have an Instagram opportunity. Yeah, you betcha. Well, as you saw, our executive chef, uh, Brittany Armenta, uh, is doing an amazing job operating um, the cozy taberna and, uh, she is, uh, a young lady from Northern California and, uh, has moved, moved up to Portland years ago and, uh, has been refining her, uh, skills in the kitchen and leadership. And we had the opportunity to connect with Brittany, uh, when we were searching for just the right executive chef. Uh, we, uh, I use Cisco for distribution and, uh, there is a, um, a chef, um, that, uh, what kind of title they call that chef there? They call a Cisco culinary consultant. That's right. Uh, and the, and her name is Say, and, uh, she connected us to Brittany and Brittany came in and did some cooking for us in the Cisco test kitchen. And impressed the heck out of John and I, and uh, my wife Lois, and and uh, we were um, excited to have 
her skills join our team and uh, we've been successful with that. So. Pausing just a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, an institution, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse. And get excited because now Ringside is open seven days a week. So you can join them for indoor and heated patio dining any day of the week. The hours are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, Friday, 4.30 to 9.30, Saturday, 4 to 9.30, and Sunday, 4 to 9. So everything's close to the same, but go on Ringside's website to check out the updated hours and, of course, uh, see about their prime rib three-course $48 special that is moving back to its historic Monday. Yeah, that's really great. That's one of my favorite things to get at Ringside Steakhouse. So uh, you can put that back on the agenda for a Monday night. Also, keep in mind, because uh, they got really good at this during the pandemic, but they've got Memorial Day meal kits. This is where you let uh, Ringside Steakhouse do all the heavy, hard stuff, and you go and you pick up these meal kits. You've done this before, right? The meal kits? I've done meal kits for sure. They're great, and it's uh, it's easy to pick up and, um, of course, delicious at home, ringside at home. Certainly. So make those reservations on the website. Check out the hours on the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. So I was going to mention that uh, Cisco has some really exciting things going on. We have a friend of the podcast, and uh, of most everybody in Portland knows Corey Schreiber, who has done... Similar things, I don't know if he's visited with you down there, but uh, you mentioned Say, I think it was. So uh, they do some pretty cool things, and uh, and it's cool that they made that connection for you. I'm surprised it didn't come from John. John has had so many chefs and cooks go through his restaurants. Um, it's cool that you found somebody else. I watched her the other night, and she is disciplined and has that team just humming along and it reminded me of when i used to sit on the side seats at toro bravo um how everybody's got their their stations and they do it so well and everything's cleaned up after every dish it's pretty cool she's got that place humming and uh you haven't been open long right how long has cozy taberna been open now uh we've been open for a little over three months and really from the first day uh we have been full and it's been exciting to see uh, the growth week after week keep growing and growing. And uh, we were able to, um, over the last uh, about a month ago, open our lower, our lower level cozy lounge, which added another 48 seats uh, to our operation, bringing us up to about 140 seats. And uh, uh, it, it is a, it's a significant number of guests to have in a restaurant and to put out this style of food and uh, the team, uh, Brittany as executive chef and uh, Guy as our uh, sous chef have been doing an amazing job on the leadership side. Uh, On the bar side, uh, um, we have an amazing bar manager. Uh, His name is James. And uh, he comes to us from from an incredible restaurant here in Salem called Da Vinci. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been to Da Vinci a few times. It's been a regular spot. Yes, it's a fantastic restaurant. The owner, proprietor there is Mo. And uh, he operates an amazing restaurant that is a true um, asset to our community. Um, 
Well, that's cool. And what about Ryan? Is he still around, or is he? Did he make his mark? No pun intended on that. He and- definitely made. He definitely made his mark. Uh, Ryan uh, stops in and and uh, and connects with us, reconnects with us. Um, I did make a decision, uh, and, and with Ryan's help, um, to hire. Uh, James Lawrence uh, as bar manager and beverage director uh, because I had the opportunity to do that. Uh, and um, and uh, Ryan McGarrian fully endorsed that decision after seeing uh, amazing skills of James and uh, also his hospitality extraordinaire. Uh, he has built-in hospitality and it comes through in everything that he does. Uh, he connects with people super well uh, on top of putting out, I would say, the best drinks in the valley. Oh, nice. So how did, the, how did word get out that your restaurant existed? It's not like it's out there on Main Street. It's, back, it's kind of in a back alley, and you have some signs out on the Main Street to indicate that there it is over there when you park. So, um, but how did word get out so you were cranking so quickly? I'm sure that's... that's a good thing, and it's not sometimes a good thing because you like to get up to speed a little bit before you're you're serving the maximum number of guests. Yeah, we we started early with social media, and um, uh, we um, hired a, a fantastic lady by the name of Kimmy Neal, and she manages all of our social media. She does an amazing job um, um, with an amazing number of companies around. Uh, but she um, started early, getting the word out, um, getting so we had an opportunity uh, with our timing of um, doing a lot of cooking over at Little Lois Cafe on testing our menu, hiring our initial staff, cooking over there, trying things out. And uh, um, so we were able to shoot a lot of pictures of that and tantalize uh, people's taste buds. Uh, for what what's to come and uh, so I think you know for me you were talking about us being in the alley Uh, I first looked at that location and uh, called the building owner and said you know what I I can't do it I cannot build a restaurant in the alley I I just I just can't I can't imagine doing that and uh, then that weekend that's not where the the A&W would have been so I think you're using a little bit of that Exactly. Or, you know, or any other restaurant that I've ever been a part of, you know, you always look for customer count, you know, drive by traffic and customer counts every direction you can look. But uh, uh, in this case, you know, I was downtown that weekend with my friends last summer and we were walking around and people uh, were, um, you know, looking to get out and enjoy the restaurants. And uh, um, my wife, uh, really helped me see the light that a uh, an alley restaurant could create a different kind of buzz uh, that I have witnessed since we've been open. And that is when people come into the Cozy Taberna, they feel like they have found something. For one, it wasn't easy to find to begin with, because even though there's some way signs out there on how to get there, you know, it's still in an alley, which is unusual uh, but when they come through the door, there's a, an incredible build out because we've done a we've done a good job of making a a, a beautiful restaurant. But 
finding that place in the alley creates this sense in them like, holy crap, I got to tell people about this place. You know, because they'll never see it. They'll never know it's here. So I got to tell everybody and their mother about this restaurant. And so it creates that style of buzz that gets people talking even more than they would about a restaurant that's flashy on the corner. So that's exciting. What I, what I think is exciting is, you know, as someone who spent a lot of time in Portland, I mean, my first thought is, wow, if people in Portland knew about this, they'd be down here in a heartbeat because, you know, there, was, there were a lot of customers at, at John's restaurants, especially Toro Bravo for years. And, uh, but then I learned that, you know, you don't necessarily need the Portland people. <laughs> You've got something good going in Salem and they have their thing. Salem deserves it, right? Uh, Portland's got a lot of great food. And so it's, it's really cool that you brought something new and exciting to that market. I don't mean to keep harping on yeah. that and I don't mean to disparage Salem by saying that, but as someone who lived in Portland for a long time and was geared around the food scene, I did not hear a lot of people say you got to go to this place in Salem or Salem's got a good food scene or whatever. It didn't it didn't happen till actually I started having a girlfriend down there and I had to start doing the searching for the restaurant. She didn't even know of many places down there. So yeah. Um, has she taken you? Has she has she taken you to uh, Azul's Tacos? The uh, owner there, Tino, is uh, I, I think one of the one of the coolest operators around, and he's got two locations for Azul's Tacos: one in downtown Salem and one in West Salem, and well, uh, he operates I can't amazing. Say- she would be the first to tell you that she hasn't taken me anywhere. I had to start dating her and find the places to go in her city where I had really never been before. So, no. So, But thanks for that recommendation. While we're on it, you've mentioned Da Vinci's. You've mentioned Azul's. You've got a couple of others for us in Salem. Uh, if, if Cozy uh, Taberna is too crowded or just we all know that everybody should be supporting other restaurants too. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, uh, Acme Cafe out south. I think you visited there. I think, I think you yep, mentioned you've been there before. Been the, yep. the, owner, the owner and operator there is Jesse, and he has done an amazing job of, uh, of taking that place um, through COVID and, uh, and continuing to grow that, that business. Acme Cafe, I think, is fantastic. Um, uh, and like I mentioned, uh, Da Vinci's is, is a staple downtown. Uh, I, I think our food scene is uh, is definitely coming alive. I, I know that uh, obviously, just like Portland and probably every other town and city in America, you know, the restaurant business got beat up for sure, uh, and that that didn't help. Um, but I can see the light. You know, I can see that. You know, when when we opened our doors and people are excited about getting out and getting to a restaurant and we've been full every night, uh, more restaurants are coming and I'm excited for that. I love the restaurant business. I love other operators. Uh, I, I believe that the Salem food scene is on an upward trend and uh, it will do what uh, John Gorham and other restaurateurs did in Portland what the restaurant scene did for Portland over the last 10, 15 years, uh, I believe can happen in Salem. 
And uh, I think the Cozy Taberna is a testament to that. That's a very, very well said. So I have a, let's, let's look at it this way because most of our listeners uh, on this podcast, we hope we expand down in Portland. I mean, in Salem with uh, your listener, your, your diners, but most of our listeners are in Portland. So I'm going to say, you know, I said it earlier, it's not a long, it's an easy drive down I-5 to get to Salem. But if someone wants to come down there and spend a day in Salem and then finish off their day with dinner at Cozy Taberna, what are, we discovered Silver Falls State Park recently. It's someplace I hadn't been ever. I'd heard about it, but wow, that place is beautiful. Are there any other things that you could suggest in the Salem area to do during the day, spend a day in Salem and then, uh, and then, you know, dine, dine there. Other, you know, maybe there are other state parks. Are there wineries uh, around there that you might recommend? Uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, I, there are, you know, a number of amazing wineries, but I, I would more, more want to point out to you um, that Salem has Bush Park. We live next to Bush Park in a historic 1930 home, and uh, Bush Park is a true asset uh, to the Salem community. Um, our waterfront district has amazing paths and bridge out to Minto Island. You can do amazing walking and biking throughout the Salem area. Uh, it is a, it's an amazing community. I keep saying amazing. I'm sorry about that. No, but that's uh, why we pointed it out uh, in the first place. We wanted yeah, people to start yeah, realizing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, the, uh, the other part of Salem, uh, is that the community of Salem is a little bit closer knit. You know, uh, obviously Portland has had some, some issues and some fallout happen. And uh, I, I think they'll re they will re rebound. It might take a while, but they'll re rebound. But when you walk downtown Salem uh, and when you walk into the Cozy Taberna and the other restaurants, uh, people like each other in Salem. And people like to be out and about and walking and biking and talking to each other and waving at each other. Uh, people are friendly here. And uh, that, makes for a, that makes for a beautiful community uh, that I love being a part of. And speaking of that, how, has, how is downtown at night? Is it anything like some of the areas where we, we see in Portland? Or is it, you know, what, what's it like being at, in Salem? parking down there and hanging out at night? Uh, there is no issues in downtown Salem with uh, being there in the evening. Um, you mentioned some parking issues. We've got great parkades. Uh, there's a parkade right by the Cozy Taberna that people can park in and, and walk right down the alley. Uh, I would not have built a restaurant in an alley if there was issues in downtown Salem, uh, you know, and uh, we are, our alley is called the Electric Alley. So it is fortunate enough to have nice lighting coming up and down the alley. But uh, nonetheless, uh, there's a great uh, alley committee that's part of the city of Salem that's working to improve all of the alleys. Uh, and, uh, you know, walking throughout Salem, you would you'll see more um, if you as you continue to come down and enjoy more restaurants, uh, you'll see that uh, there's an exciting buzz going on around Salem all through the evening, and uh, I don't see any issues. 
Well, I would say this. There was, a, I don't remember, it was probably three or four months ago. We had one night we were just going down to eat, and I guess there was something going on at the theater there. We could, and I'm not saying this is a negative. I'm saying we could not believe how busy and buzzy Salem, downtown Salem was. Couldn't find, I, you know, it's not a positive, but the fact is we could not, we drove around and around and around, finally found a parking spot that was off a little bit, but, um, you know, uh, we could not believe how many people were down there, so how much was happening. I wouldn't have known that, so, uh, but now we know, and, and, but the other night, uh, Sunday night when we came down to your restaurant, we were probably parked as close to the alley as you could get. And, you know, my catalytic converter was still there when I got out to my car. Glad to see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to have somewhere else to go. So um, so what are your – we don't have much longer. I want to cover a little bit. We talked about, you know, those people in Portland who've been to Toro Bravo know a lot of the, the menu items. What are some of your favorites that uh, you've – come to know and love in a short period of time that that you have over and over uh i would say my number one is our cedar plank salmon uh it is a comes out uh with a cedar plank smoking and it provides this because it's cooked right on the cedar plank uh on the charbroiler under a hood so it's it's got an amazing smell that permeates the restaurant. Uh, I, I turn everybody on to giving uh, a try to the, the cedar plank salmon. The other one is our pork chop. Our pork chop is um, tender and juicy and consistently um, cooked uh, to just the right temperature. Uh, I, I always like to have people try things that they've had at other restaurants, but there's not necessarily a level of consistency. And I think the pork chop at the majority of restaurants, most people would agree, restaurants have somewhat of a hard time pulling off a pork chop. And yet I push people to try our pork chop because it is so good. And the piperad sauce that uh, accompanies that um, makes it even better. Well, I'm um, gonna go. I'm not going far out on a limb here and saying the lamb chops are unbelievable too. So that was a that was a real treat to enjoy the other night. Everything we had the asparagus, uh, the bone marrow plate, which was which was pretty fun. That was cool. Um, mm -hmm. So we didn't have the salmon. We didn't have the steak. We have reason to come back. So I'm happy about that, and uh, it, it'll be soon. So. Um, uh, you know, I'm really happy to actually, it's been a while since we've done something other than, uh, reference John. I'm so glad to see him a little closer to Portland. You know, we're all going to go to, I'm planning on going to Ben for the opening of his, um, his and, and Renee and John and, and Garrett Peck's place, uh, ranch butcher chef i always have to get those those rbcs in the proper place in my brain it's not open yet i've been to like tastings and so forth but i can't wait to get down there and i'm so happy that they're you know uh operating somewhere else and getting a, a fresh start 
after building something wonderful, lots of wonderful things in Portland. So I'm, I'm glad, and I'm, I'm really, I think it's really cool that you, um, you know, look at him as, uh, uh, remind uh, that he reminds you of your father. That is pretty cool, and uh, yeah, maybe your brother too. He's, he's, you guys are closer in age than that. But uh, but John's a cool guy, and I just can't imagine. I just when I looked at that menu, and I thought, "Holy shit, this is what we haven't been able to have for a while." Um, got very excited about it, and I'm excited about coming back. And it was it was really cool to watch your team in the kitchen doing what they do and doing it so well, and so soon. Only been open for three months. It's only going to get better. That's the cool part. I'm not saying that it needs to get better. I'm just saying that. You're gonna. Everything needs to be seasoned a little bit, and you'll you'll find some new ways of doing things, and uh, it'll be pretty cool. I I commend you, and I thank you for coming on, man. You're down visiting your parents. You didn't have to do this. You know what? I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Uh, you know, I could talk about the restaurant world my um, anytime uh, and all day because I love the restaurant industry. I love operators. I love being around John Gorham because he's a he's an incredible operator. My dad is an incredible operator. Uh, used is to he be still operating AMWs or are those? Are no, 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 no. He's re- he's retired, but uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I, I say he reminds me of John. Reminds me of my dad because because restaurant people are are somewhat cut from the same cloth. You know, ones that want to live and breathe the restaurant business. They. Uh, they, they have a lot of similarities uh, that you'll quickly recognize. Right. Well, the, uh, so the thread that you have experienced in your life, your childhood thread with your father and hooked up with someone else who really knows what they're doing is evident at Cozy Taberna. Give me all the necessaries, like the where you find you on Instagram, because it's not what I thought, um, right? It's cozy, it's cozy Salem, is it not? Yes, exactly. And uh, um, it's actually called Salem Cozy on oh, Instagram. Oh, there you go. I got it wrong. So yeah. Salem Cozy. Yeah. yeah, Salem Cozy. And uh, if you just, you know, you want to make a reservation, it's really easy. Just search Cozy Salem and you'll find us at the first link, thecozytaberna.com. But searching for Cozy Salem is easier to remember. Uh, and you can click on our Open Table app right on our website make a reservation uh about half my restaurant is uh walk-in tables so there there is a good chance of being able to slip into a walk-in table uh if you're um uh uh, over 21 that is just because uh we have a cozy lounge that's uh, over 21 and our bar area you know obviously is 21 plus but uh if you're going to bring younger folks uh, it's best to make a reservation and uh, I hope you come visit. I think you'll enjoy uh, the environment. I think you'll enjoy the food. And most of all, I think you'll enjoy the welcoming staff, both front of house and back of house, uh, really do an amazing job. And I've got to throw in the word amazing once again. Yeah, if you mean it. If you really, really mean it, you can use it. amazing. And I'm thankful for them. Well, good. And I say the food is too. I'm not going to use the word, but I'm just going to lop on and say it is as well. And so, uh, and I and I like the fact uh, when you make a reservation, you can choose whether you want to sit at the counter or at a table, right? So there's that. Yeah, option. that chef's counter. People are eating that up. 
because you're able to sit at the chef's counter and watch everybody, watch our team cook the food and see this creative food coming out. Uh, we are a shared plate experience, so it creates this environment in our restaurant of everybody sharing food and trying a little of this and trying a little of that. Uh, none of this, you know, I get one little thing in front of me and that's what I'm going to eat tonight. It's you get a you get four or five things at your table and you guys are all sharing them and talking to one another about, oh, this is amazing and this is so good. Try this and try that. Well, good. I'm going to challenge you in your restaurant to serve the dishes and say you're not allowed to use the word amazing on this. Describe it in another using <laughs> other something else other than amazing. And then if people can't do it, then that's fine. But um, <laughs> at any rate... Uh, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to coming back down. I hope maybe uh, I can coordinate it with uh, with uh, John and Renee, and maybe have a moment down there to grab a bite with them too. So, but I know they're busy right now. They're working up to, uh, I believe, a June opening down in Bend at their restaurant. So, um, you got the best of them to get open three months ago, and. Uh, and keep, the, keep a good thing going there, my friend. Thanks, Rex. I appreciate that. Thank you for your time. We'll see you soon. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right